Hi, I'm Andrew. And I'm Claire. And this is the Weekly Screening Podcast, where we review everything that's been on our screens this week and what's coming up next week. Let's start with films. So the first film today we're going to discuss is Fast and Furious 6, which was out in 2013 and we watched it on Sky Movies. So we watched it because it was my choice of film this week and it was the next instalment of the Fast and Furious franchise that we're getting through. And it was a pretty poor decision on my part because this is the one that's made you tap out, Claire. Yeah, I'm out of Fast and Furious now. You weren't a big fan, no? It just got a bit OTT, a bit yeah. over the top. Well, a very quick overview is it's a crew of criminals trying to take down a bad dude in London and Vin Diesel is trying to get his missus back after discovering she's alive. Yeah, she's back from the dead. Yeah. Did you remember much of the storyline from our previous viewing of Fast Five? A bit. I mean, there wasn't that much story. I just remember that the girl was pregnant Oh yeah, the guy's a dad now, isn't he? Brian's a dad. Yeah, and the safe. That's all I safe. remember. The safe <laughs> going into the back of the lorry. So what was your initial reaction to the film? I just felt it was a bit over the top. The lines in it were really cheesy. Like It was like cliche action. Yeah, especially films, like. The Rocks, which was a shame because I really love The Rock. But there's so many times where he would deliver a line and I would just look at you and roll my eyes. Like, he really just said that. <laughs> <laughs> but The Rock's a good guy in this film, so you're rooting for him. It was just really cheesy action over the top. To me, mm. it's like if you asked AI to write an action film with cars in it, that's what it would come up <laughs> with would be Fast 6. <laughs> So we watched it about six days ago. Has your reaction changed after having some time to dwell on it? Or are you still tapping out too much for me? Yeah, I'm still tapping out. I think as well, we said in last week's one that my friend tipped us off to the fact that a car will go into space at some point. I think I'm out. (laughs) Which is a shame because my initial reaction was that was fucking great. I just feel like... It's just awesome. Loads of booms, bangs, fast cars... I feel like it was better, the first one was better because it was more focused on cars and kind of the car culture and Mm -hmm. around racing and now it's just, as I said, it's just a generic action. Well, they said that's why they switched it was to make Mm -hmm. it open to more people so it's not just a car niche club that's going to watch it. Yeah, I mean, they made their money Mm -hmm. from it, so good on them. They did. It also had Luke Evans as the bad guy here. Yeah. So we watched the film with him recently, or maybe last month. Live action Beauty and the Beast. Live action Beauty and the Beast. He plays yeah. Gaston. He was great in that film. Yeah, it's he plays a really good villain. He does. You did like him as the villain in this yeah. film. Yeah. yeah, he was good. And then at the post credit scene, we saw Jason Statham. Oh, what did I say? I knew he was coming into it. Another bald-headed action man. That was great, wasn't it? And he killed off one of the guys, so you know he's he's a serious villain already. Yeah. That didn't hook you, no? No, sorry. I'm just, I'm not a big action fan. There's some action films that are, I, I like believable action. Mm-hmm. That takes me on to one of the key scenes, which is the kit car that's got a ramp on it. Oh. That mows down th- in the middle of London, which no. you said is very unrealistic. Oh, no. That he managed to drive through London with her. 
<laughs> we've been to London. We've been in Piccadilly Circus. There is no way, no way that you can get above like 10 miles an hour. <laughs> it's so unrealistic. Not to mention weaving in and out of the traffic. But what? he's got the ramp on it so he can literally no. go through the cars and they'll just go up and over him. No. Also, what a budget to be able to shut down Piccadilly. Is that expensive, is it? That would cost so much money. Yeah, that's I told insane. you they're, rake, they're raking in with these, oh, this yeah. franchise. They also had a tank on a dual carriageway and a bridge oh. that I'm, I think it wasn't CGI, or like small amounts of it were, but the director wanted it to be more physical effects. So it was a yeah. tank on a dual carriageway shooting at muscle cars. I mean, that was quite cool, I'll admit. But the thing that confused me was I thought the tank was the weapon. So then mm-hmm. it turns out the actual weapon was just like this little like... Computer chip. Yeah. I was like, what was the point of the tank then? (laughs) It's just a cool visual, isn't it? That bit was quite cool. The final scene was them taking down a plane with cars. With cars. I'm sorry, you cannot take down like a military jet. It's like a jumbo jet they took down. With a couple of cars. And then you called it. As soon as we saw the plane trying to take off, you said one of the guys is going to get sucked into the engine. Yeah. Or the turbines. Yeah. And lo and behold, it was like splat. Yeah. There was a few times where I felt like some of them should have. I'm like, you're way too close to that. In real life, you would have been sucked in. The good guys managed Mm. to not get sucked into the jets. Surprise, surprise. Now, even though this film was out in 2013 and the first film was out in 2001, it still had titillation That's a big big date range. I didn't realise that that one was 2013. I would have gone earlier than that. That's quite surprising. Yeah. Are you shocked by the titillation that was still evident throughout scantily clad women (laughs) it wasn't as bad that was a comment i made as well as like at the car meet the girls i was a big fan of course you were but i was like girls like do not dress like that in london because it'd be freezing it'd be bloody freezing they're in like tiny little short shorts and a bikini top and i was like no at night time at night time in london no no that was too far for you i was like you can tell whoever has created this, doesn't know what it's like to live in London. Because <laughs> nobody is dressed like that in London at night time. No. So I've got little bits of trivia for you here. Now, I'll see if you remember this scene. So it was at the very end when The Rock goes up to Roman and Roman says to him, you better hide that baby oil. And then The Rock responds, <laughs> you better hide that big ass forehead. And then it makes Ludacris spit out his drink. Yeah. So apparently that's improvised by The Rock and that's a genuine reaction that from Ludacris. That was brilliant. The baby oil line was great. And the other bit of trivia I have is that Hobbs, so The Rock, was actually Mm -hmm. called three Avengers names throughout it. So there was Captain America, he was referred to as Hulk, and there was one on a phone that you said, oh, that's a great nickname for him, if you can remember what it was. Oh, um, Samoan Thor. Yes, well done. (laughs) Samoan Thor, yeah, I said to you, that was brilliant. So out of 10, what are you giving this? A six. A six? Yeah, maybe a six and a half. Because you have just reminded me that there was some funny bits in it. There we go. The comedy was there. I like the characters. Just the story was way too far, way <laughs> over the top. And there were so many cheesy lines. Like, if we had taken a shot every time they'd said family... I did tell you that uh, that's a game we'd that people been, do. We'd have been hammered in the first 10 minutes. It gets worse. Oh. It seems to be Vin Diesel's favourite word later on. No. I'm probably going to give it a, an 8. Okay. I thought Fast Five, that was a solid 9. 
this was a, an yeah. eight. The story wasn't as good, so I'm hoping number seven is going to get better. So you're not going to watch that with me. I'm going to watch that on my own, but yeah. it will be part of the pod yeah. at some point in the future. I also think that that just shows the target market, though. I'm not the target market, really. No. But you are. So it makes sense that you'd enjoy it more than me. Similarly, there will be films that we review that I will rank higher purely because I'm the target market for it. Couldn't agree more. Our next film is Fingernail 2023 on Apple TV. Yes, yeah, so we spoke about this last week, but you finished it now. So we were about halfway through. I'm watching it because it's the next instalment of Apple Films that I'm trying to get through while we have the free subscription. A very brief overview of the film is some years prior to the film being shot, there is a test consisting of one fingernail that determines whether couples are truly in love. However, the test has caused mostly negative results, leading to couples breaking up and divorcing more than ever. We should say as well, it's a full fingernail. You're not talking about a clipping. No, you're getting like a they, fingernail yanked off. They pull it off with pliers. It's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> it covers a couple that passed the test four years ago, but the relationship is starting to get stale. She wants to work at the clinic where the test is performed to find out about exercises they can do to improve their relationship. Mm -hmm. So we discussed some of the ridiculous exercises last week on the pod. Yeah. So go back and listen to that because some of them are just crazy. Yeah. Sadistic. So she ends up falling in love with one of the colleagues at work, which the director of the institute says it's impossible to be in love with two people mm -hmm. at the same time. Well, we finish this week knowing that her and her partner retested positive mm -hmm. but she's in love with another guy so therefore it is possible to love more than one person and then she ends up being with him mm -hmm. so at the very end i think we assume that they slept together yeah and it, that's it the credits show and the film ends the most bizarre thing for me was that it's a very slow paced film and then it just ends the ending is so quick. It's very abrupt. And yeah, they just, like you said, the credits just roll and we were looking at each other thinking, is that it? We didn't really get no. answers. So we still had 45 minutes left to go after we watched it, half of it last week. Yeah. And all that happened was they retested and then she goes back with Amir, her colleague, yeah, and then sleeps with him. And then it cuts to her trying to remove all her fingernails trying to enforce the belief that the test doesn't matter, which didn't really make too much sense to me. I think the test is rubbish. Yeah. I, I said that Why? to you. I think it's a con. I think it just comes up with a random... Because there's, what, the three numbers, 0%, 50%, and 100%. Mm -hmm. I think it's automatically generated thing. I think the test is rubbish. Because, remember, they had another couple that they really liked, who were perfect for each other. Who looked in love with each other. And it came up with zero. I think it's a massive con. I don't know if actually... So you think it's a load of tosh? Yeah, but that, I feel like that would have been a cooler angle to spin on it, is her questioning, hang on, it says I'm 100% with my current partner, but I'm actually in love with this other guy. And then they find out that the head guy that created the test is a con artist. Like, what a better story <laughs> than what they ended with, which was, we don't really know who she ended up with in no, the end. we don't. You just see her saying, it said I was 100% with him, but I'm in love with you. And that was it. So it's like, who are you going to, who, who did she end up? How did that all pan out? Do you want to know the only trivia I could really get on this film? What's that? Is that due to Canadian tax breaks, oh, God. 
many of the supporting actors and actresses were Canadian. That is the most interesting fact I could find on this film. Yeah, it. I hate films like this because the premise is so good, but the story was rubbish. The idea of the test and so people the, taking it, genius. So the execution of it was done poorly. Yeah. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah. Okay, out of ten? Four. Four. I'm going to give it a five and a half because okay. it did keep me hooked okay. throughout. And I think you should give it a bit more actually, because it was only supposed to be me watching this, but it hooked you so much <laughs> that you ended up watching it with me. But so, I just, or the, was it so bad that it hooked you in? It was so awkward and bad, and I kept waiting for something to happen. Because like I said, the, the premise is, is great, the idea is great, and I really thought they were going to like debunk the test or something. It was mainly just about her relationships and I said last week that I felt like there was no chemistry between any of the actors and actresses and it just fell a bit flat, especially the ending. The ending, you were just left being like, what was the point in everything I just watched? Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Flat ending. Yeah, very flat. I said to you, because I remember you paused it briefly, I was like, where we are in the story, not much can happen in the next like couple of minutes. And then you press play and the credits rolled. (laughs) Right, let's get on to TV shows now. So first of all, we've got Scrubs. Yes. So we went from episode 17 all the way up to the end of the season, mm-hmm. on season three. Let's first discuss Elliot. <laughs> so she's now gone back to being a bit of a, a bitch, a bit pathetic. It's so bizarre. Not likable. I don't know if I was just younger, so I was naive, but I remember really liking her when I was younger. Yeah. And re-watching it now... She's really not a likable character. She's not coming across well. She's not, especially in this series. Do you want me to season. tell you a little bit of something? Yeah. That you don't know. So her transformation was made because the executives wanted her to appear sexier to the male demographic. Uh, oh, welcome <laughs> to early 2000s TV. I mean, I, I didn't really find her that attractive. Just not my cup of tea. I, th- uh, I no, thought I she was think- better before. I think before as an she, actress, she's really attractive. Well, I thought before she cut her hair, she was much better looking. The thing is, her hair was very on brand for that time. It's mm-hmm. like... Avril Lavigne. Yeah, very like choppy and straight. It's like you're watching old WWE just now and mm-hmm. they keep... Stephanie keeps coming in with crimped hair. Crimps. And I said to you, crimp, crimping was a huge... It was in fashion then. So now when you look back, it looks odd, but then it wouldn't... Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have looked as odd. Like the Spice Girls all crimp their hair. So Elliot's hair is very... Before, before you go off, I just want to go, I think that's what's going to happen with man buns. I reckon people <laughs> will watch watch clips of folk with man buns in 20 years' time and just go, what the fuck was that? Yeah, that could be a thing. But you mm. know what I mean? So yeah, Elliot's hair now mm. looks odd. But at the time, it would have been like really edgy and really fashionable. But her and JD are becoming unlikable. So she ends up yeah. breaking up with Sean, who's a really nice dude, yeah. to go with JD, mm-hmm. who then breaks up with her almost a day later because mm-hmm. now that he's got her, he doesn't want her anymore. Yeah. Which I... Which it's it, not great. It doesn't really it? seem a character trait that would suit him. No. No, because he always seems the nice guy and that's not really a good guy trait to have because when you finally get the girl you want, you just flick her away. Yeah, I just, I always remember liking them when I was younger, but rewatching them now, they're not as likable. Turk and Carla come across really well. They're really likable. They do. 
and speaking of which it's their wedding yes so the whole last i would say 10 episodes is a run-up to their wedding in yeah. the season finale which was great they played the beatles song yeah eight days a week yeah that's a great song i loved i was jamming out to that one yeah that's a good song i also thought that dr cox yeah and jordan yeah we're getting a lot closer and we sort of understood the relationship a bit more that when they're happy the relationship doesn't work as well as when they're angry at each other and need to take little snipes and little comments. But they work perfectly together. They seem well suited together. Yeah, it's one of those things where maybe not the relationship that is shown as being a great relationship, if that makes sense. So it's mm-hmm. not your stereotypical love story that you'd see in a romance film, but for them it completely works. And it's quite refreshing to see a different kind of relationship dynamic play out and how it can be just as good a relationship as maybe Turk and Carla, who are Mm -hmm. the kind of stereotypical great relationship. Perfect on paper for each other. Yeah, exactly. We also have the janitor, as a side note, interacting with now all the cast members. And I love that Mm -hmm. because it means I'm going to get to see more of him and hopefully I get a better, deeper dive into his character. Him and Elliot have quite a nice friendship. Okay. Speaking of which, we're going into season four. Is there any little clues you can give me or do you want me to go in completely blank with sitcoms like this i think we said this in last week's podcast there's not a lot of plot drivers no so i can't tell you what happens in season four like if you ask me what happens in season four of vampire diaries or one tree hill i can tell you but for a sitcom how i met your mother if you said to me what happens in season four of how you met your mother you couldn't tell me nah pass (laughs) i'm going to guess that the story focuses on the married life of turk and carla if turk is actually happy being married and now that he's officially off the market yeah i'm going to guess it's about elliot trying to get over jd Mm -hmm. and jd finds another love interest that is not the girl from american pie tara reed yeah i don't think she comes back into it from what i remember i could be wrong i'm hoping i get to see a lot more of the todd and Ted. Yes. I love their little quartet. Yeah. That does the a cappella songs. I love that. Yeah. That's always my highlight whenever they come on the screen. So a spoil a little spoiler for you, because I think it might happen in season four, is the janitor, Todd, Ted, and Doug come together and create a group they call the Brain Trust. <gasps> so you see a oh lot of the God. four of them interact as a group and it's quite funny. Oh I can't wait. Yeah, I you can't see, you wait. do see more of Ted and Todd and the janitor, definitely. Now, switching to a different note, Mm -hmm. we have a show that I watched this week, which was a three-part documentary series called John Lennon, Murder Without a Trial on Apple TV. I want you to tell me, are you a fan of John Lennon or the Beatles? I honestly, this is going to sound terrible, but I don't know enough about them. I think they're a band I can take or leave. I know the songs, but I wouldn't put them on myself. No. You no. know a lot of their songs, though. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things where, as like growing up in the UK, you just absorb the Beatles. Because our parents, <laughs> that were, the, you know, they had Sgt. Pepper's yeah. albums, and that's what you heard in the car whenever they would take you anywhere. Yeah, I think as well, my dad wasn't a massive Beatles fan. Like, I know some of the songs, but your mm-hmm. dad was a huge my dad Beatles was fan. a huge fan, so yeah. we got it played a lot. Yeah. But I, I think they're great songs. Yeah, they're good songs. They're just not quite... They're not for you. Yeah. What did you know about his death? So I know that he was shot in New York and his 
I don't know, were they ever married, Yoko Ono? I think so. Were they married? I think so. I wasn't sure if they were married or not, but she was next to him. I knew that. And it was in a a doorway of where he was staying. Mm -hmm. That's all I knew. And then there was that kind of iconic image of his glasses with the blood splatter. Yep. I didn't actually know about that image until they showed it in the documentary. Oh, no, I'd I'd seen that that image before. So the documentary based documented his last day, the history of his killer, Mark Chapman. And then it was mainly about the trial, or a lack thereof a trial, which was him trying to defend himself by saying, use, or using the insanity clause so he was almost innocent and he would be given psychiatric care as opposed to having to go to a general prison. Yeah. What is your thoughts on the insanity clause in general? I honestly didn't know much about this until you were watching the documentary. I didn't know it was... I knew that people could you could say that but Mm. I didn't know it meant that then you didn't go to jail that instead you went to like a psychiatric institution Mm. or that you can well I suppose you are still classed as guilty aren't you because you're still not free to live your life no wait no you're you're labeled as innocent because technically it's not your fault okay so they would blame like schizophrenia for example but you can't just go and live your life You, you no you can after a while so the they said at the time or three months later there was a guy that shot ronald reagan yeah and he claimed the insanity clause and he was found innocent got psychiatric psychiatric care and got released later into the public being deemed as a a safe human being i don't know i'm not no i'm not gonna get involved in that (laughs) i'm not gonna say my opinion but i just i i see where its place is in society whether Mm -hmm. The guy that shot John Lennon, what was his name again? Mark Chapman. Whether he actually was, I don't know, watching the documentary, I wasn't swayed either way. He looked a creepy dude. But I can see the place for that in society. Mm -hmm. So he actually said, I think just before, at the very start of the trial, that he pled guilty Mm. after he said God made him do it. Or God told him to do it and that he felt a weight lifted off of his chest. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine there's this whole going to be this whole massive trial, massive media event, all the defendants, all the lawyers involved, and then he just says, "Nope, I'm guilty." Which you know what? Maybe it's a good thing because maybe you didn't have to have people trying to defend him for doing a hideous act. And there was a really weird part that you perked up on when I was watching it, yeah. which it seemed to be centered around a book mm-hmm. called Catcher in the Rye. I want to read that so book he, now. So he shot John Lennon, yeah. and he just stood there. Mm-hmm. So I think he shot him five times and he stood there with a book. Five? I thought it was just yeah, one. Yeah, he emptied a whole clip Oh, into wow, him. I thought he just shot him once. No, stood there with a book. And the weird thing is, when they went to his apartment, there was the book open. The same book was found with the guy who shot Ronald Reagan. Yeah. And from my understanding, it's just a book about a boy trying to get rid of the phonies in the adult world. And these people almost see themselves as this main character trying to get rid of the phonies. Okay. And he identified John Lennon as a phony when he started saying the Beatles were bigger than Jesus. Okay. Which I think ticked quite a lot of people off. And maybe yeah. this guy just took it too far. Yeah. There was a really weird thing as well that after John had been shot and his wife Yoko is upstairs, that there's a mass gathering around her apartment and they start singing John Lennon songs. Oh. As a way to like pay tribute to him. The woman's grieving upstairs and mm-hmm. they don't need to hear people singing pretty poorly. Imagine. 
Yeah. You know, which I thought, mm, it's a bit poor taste. Yeah. But I, I thought it was actually quite interesting because like you said, it was quite a bit before our time. Mm-hmm. And even though it was quite a major event in pop culture, I didn't really know that much about it. Glad I watch it. Yeah, I didn't know much So I would recommend it. it on Apple TV. It's only three parts. Four, I think they're about 50 minutes long. But no, and interesting note, the guy is still in jail. Who did oh, is he? It. I was going to yeah. ask that. He gets, I think he's up for parole every four years and gets denied because I think they said, you killed John Lennon. If you get let out, people will come for you. Yeah, that, I was going to say that's the thing now. It's not, is he a danger to society? It's society is a danger to, to him. him. Yeah. Switching to a different note, we have gladiators, <laughs> <laughs> which is a bit of a different topic. Yeah. Which is a UK show on BBC. I think they actually started it in the States many years ago. Okay. So we're watching this because apparently, I'm told, I used to love it when it was on in its original run. From 1992 to 2000. When you were a youngin. When I was a youngin, my dad said I used to beat him up with cushions, (laughs) (laughs) pretending that I was a contestant. Just a quick overview of the show is it's the program's format sees four contestants, two male and two female, compete in a series of physically challenging events against the show's resident gladiators, eventually competing in one final event. The so Eliminator. The Eliminator. So what can you tell me about the Gladiators? They are insane. <laughs> Watching them, I feel so unfit. <laughs> Every time we watch Gladiators, especially when we watched it on Saturday and we had a less than healthy dinner mm-hmm. of fried chicken. And some wine. And wine. And I just thought, I need to be eating salads and hitting the gym. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're so... Just, they are almost like... I also thought I'm very pale compared to these dudes. Oh, I think they fake tan more than Strictly. Yeah? (laughs) Oh, yeah. More than Strictly, definitely. The the tans. Who was your favourite? I like... Male male and female gladiator. Um, Sabre is my favourite female. Or Fury. Fury's quite scary. Is that the one with the hearing problem? Yeah, yeah. I like her. She's my favourite female one. She's great. And Giant has to be my... You just got a crush on him. He's, you fancy him. But he just, if you were to draw a gladiator, you would draw a giant. Or is it Nitro that's got the personality? He's always dancing He's about. the one with the moves. Oh, we he's like just, him. He's just loving life. He's having a great time. So I quite like him as well. What about the hosts? Bradley Walsh and his son. It's just, Bradley's interesting. But they've not brought back the cheerleaders. No. Do you think not. they're missing a lot with that? I don't. I mean, no. it's a nice thing. So after every challenge or someone gets dunted, you just hear doom, doom, doom. But the audience do it now. I didn't get to sing the Sorry. line. Sorry. <laughs> On you go. Doom, doom, doom. Another one bites the dust. Yeah, but the audience do it now. The audience did. Well, they yeah. did it back then, but I guess they would just do a quick cutaway to the cheerleaders. Yeah. But I guess they're not missed that much. No. We have um, the challenges that they do. Mm-hmm. So the most popular one is duel, where it's mm-hmm. one-on-one. Where you stand on an elevated pod and then how would you describe it? it looks like a little drumstick i say it looks like two, a big cotton bud a cotton bud with two foam ends either side yeah and your objective is to knock the gladiator off or stay on yeah so i think you get five points if you stay on and then 10 points 10 points if you knock him off oh, I don't or know. them off i can't really remember but that was always the iconic challenge mm-hmm. so that was the one that i would try and beat my dad up with pillows <laughs> Pretending. It does look fun. I'd love to try them. They do have something similar at Trampoline Park. Here. Here. Yeah. So I would quite like to go there with you and you can yeah. show me what you're made of. We'll wait till you've had an argument and then we'll go. 
I can maybe get like one of the kids beside us to just go, Gladiators, ready! <laughs> Contender, ready! <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think I think we're quite enjoying it. It's a good just bit of Saturday night telly. It's just a bit of Saturday night fun, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You can watch it while you're having your dinner. So we've seen the first two episodes as they've come on. And yeah. our favourite guy who's been on so far was John from This Saturday, who was a paramedic who suffered from leukaemia. Oh, what a and guy. He just bossed it, didn't he? Did. And he's got a Guinness World Record. What was it for? I think for it... pulling a—I can't remember the weight of the car, but pulling however much. Of oh, the it was car. the furthest distance a car could be pulled by a human being in twenty-four, in 24 hours. hours. Yeah, something like thirty miles or something. Yeah, like was... crazy. Good, Good on, on him. him. <laughs> <laughs> we said it. We said it at the same time. And our favorite moment so far was giant jumping from the pods and taking out Bradley doing his post-challenge interview (laughs) and just knocks him off of his feet. That was good. (laughs) That That was was great. Next up, we have Anton Deck's Limitless Win. We're in Season 3, Episode 2. This was another bit of Saturday night telly that we watched. Just quickly, we're watching this due to the large prize money you can win, which is like six and a half million, and it's got Anton Deck. Very quickly, there's a money ladder. The more questions you answer, the higher up you go. All the answers are numbers. You guess an answer over the correct one, you lose, you've lost everything. Guess an answer under, you lose lives, mm-hmm. depending on how much under you are. And if you guess one correctly, you bank the money. We're picking up from last week where it was a couple. They managed to bank 30 grand. I think they're going for over 100 grand with this question. And the question was, how many times was the phrase Wonderwall said in the <laughs> Oasis song Wonderwall? And we both looked at each other and went, it's not a lot. I no. think you had said four. I had yeah. said three. I said they say it once in the chorus because I think it's quite a long song. So I thought there might yeah. be four choruses, but there's not. There's no, only I think three. there's just there must just be three. So the yeah. right answer was three. The couple, none of them knew the answer. And the guy, the partner says, right, let's just bank. And she said, no, 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 let's just go for it. Mm-hmm. Pushes the button and says 15. Yeah. And you can hear the audience just go. <gasps> <laughs> and then so Ant, and, Ant and Deck just put their hands in their faces and just go oh no Mm -hmm. 15 it's Mm -hmm. a popular song i think it was a really great trick question though yeah because you would i can see why she thought it would be more i think Mm -hmm. it was a great trick question i mean to be honest it means you wouldn't have actually moved up the ladder that much no the answer is three but they lost 30 grand and then kicked off the show just like that yeah nothing left for nothing they pissed off then we get a new couple coming in who are a bit older. What would you say, mid-50s? I think so, Just yeah. seemed a lovely couple. They both uh, work for the National Health mm-hmm. Service. And the guy seems pretty clever, like a guy you'd pick for a pub quiz. They managed to win £1 million. Pounds, that was so Which I couldn't believe. So lovely. It was just at the end afterwards where he turns to her and whispers, we're millionaires. <laughs> like yeah that's oh amazing i'm like, so happy for them i think everyone else reacted more than them i don't know if it was just the shock it probably is the shock they mm. are millionaires now so there was one question they had to answer where they banked a hundred thousand and it was something that we didn't know which maybe we should pay attention to which is how old was the male winner of of wimbledon last year yeah and we didn't even have a clue who won wimbledon at nope. all so i thought you know what maybe we should actually watch the final <laughs> this year it is quite a big event yeah and the million pound question that got him was 2024 marks how many years since blur beat oasis to the uk number one spot 
with the song Country House. This was the one where he knew it. He looked at his partner and just went, I know it, because this yeah. song came out in my uni year. Yeah, and, and I, he got the exact I looked answer. at you and I said, 1995. Yeah, you Which, guessed. one of those answers where you sort of know it, mm-hmm. which means I could have won us a million pound, babe. <laughs> that would have been nice. <laughs> he said, nope, it's 29. And his partner's looking at him going, are you sure? We've got 100 grand banked here. Are you sure you want to go this? Because if you're one answer over mm-hmm. you've lost all that money nobody said nope gone for it smashed it one million pounds amazing i think they tried to answer a few more questions which was like how heavy was captain america's shield yeah referenced in marvel and how many oh there was something about the mars rover yeah. how long it takes to get there and i think they thought no no, no let's just let's just take the money and go they said that like we're over a million quit while we're ahead one of the best things was actually seeing how nice ant and deck were about it. They, they seemed, were so happy they for were them. so happy I, mm-hmm. I loved it big hugs at the end yeah feel good i'm excited to see it again next week yeah it's I we do like a quiz it's just fun to see how many answers you can answer yourself next up we have the martin lewis money show which is just a money saving expert telling us how to save money in the best way currently we're in the middle of a cost of living crisis currently mm-hmm. So any chance we can save money, the better. Actually, something I was hoping you could explain to me that I don't understand. So one of the things he touched on was the seller's tax. Mm-hmm. About, what was it, for eBay items and Etsy orders? Vinted, all of Vinted, that. yeah. So what was that? What's the seller's tax? I'm still quite confused. So basically, if you sell on these platforms, Etsy, eBay, Vinted, etc., if you're earning over a thousand pound, you should be declaring it. But people were using it to kind of abuse the system. So they were using it as a trade. Well, the thing is, a lot of people were up in arms because obviously it's the kind of thing the media got hold of when it came out. It just looks like the government's trying to tax people for trying to sell off. Like their like, secondhand clothes. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. If, if, if you're clearing out the shed and you want to sell your old bike, it sounds like the government's trying to take a cut of that. Yeah, it's but not, it's not that. that. If you're selling bikes every month and making a nice wee profit on them then yeah that the government's Mm going to come for you but if you're just selling your old bike or you're selling some old clothes if you're selling like vintage chanel every month then raking in a nice wee profit but um i think the way it works is you have to have made a profit on it okay i think is part of the thing but the main thing that martin was saying is that unless you're selling over making over a thousand pounds on it you don't have to declare it so most people won't but the government law they brought in was that these companies need to share the information with the tax here hmrc they need to tell them so that they can investigate these people who are abusing the system but the media got hold of it here and made it sound like if you sell your secondhand dress on vintage the government's going to come for you and demand money which, which is isn't not the case, case. no it's not the case at all but i'm pretty sure i read somewhere as well that it has to be over the value so say you know how some things go up in price mm-hmm. so say i bought something for 800 pound and for some reason as i kept it it was now worth a thousand pound and sold it and i made 200 pound profit that's different to if i buy a dress for a thousand pound as if i would and <laughs> i sell it for 800 i, I think that also factors into it but it's not as serious as everyone was making out they really need to get you on the show i don't know i feel like i've probably just bored our audience <laughs> no we also got told energy bills are going down which thank fuck yeah 
well, they said they're going down, but we're actually going to pay more because we're not going to get the help from the government we got last year. Yeah. I hadn't actually thought about that. No. So I was like, oh, thank you, Martin. Yeah, because this year we were still getting £66 from the government. And we're getting fuck all now. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, big one as well this week, he told us to check our council tax band, which we did and, you know, we're... We're, we're, in fine. The, we're fine, which was I think a shame. It's mainly for older houses. The weird thing about council tax bans that I didn't know was it's based on appraisal of homes in 1991. So strange. So the cheapest one is 40 grand. And I was like, what the fuck? Home is 40 grand. And yeah. I looked at it, it was 1991, and I was like, oh. There we go. <laughs> it seems a really weird system not to have updated. Yeah. There was a really good thing that he made you check uh, mm-hmm. the other week, which was your student debt, which you managed to claim money back on. There had been an error where a lot of students in the UK, myself included, were put on the wrong payment plan. So basically, I was paying back my student loan when I shouldn't have been. Got £166 back by calling them up. But when I called them up, she said, this is Martin Lewis, isn't it? I said, yes, and she just laughed. (laughs) He saved you. £166. No, Yeah, thanks, Martin. Well done, Martin. And finally, for... The telly shows this week. It is our favourite. Drum roll. Our new favourite one. The Traitors! I've been waiting the whole podcast for you to mention The Traitors. <laughs> as soon as you started on the TV shows, I was like, let's talk about The Traitors. Well, that's why I've saved the best till last. Yeah. Just quickly, there will be spoilers. So if you are not completely up to date with The Traitors as of the 21st of January, <laughs> do not listen further because no. we're going to spoil it. I want you to talk about first why we're watching it now. So we didn't watch it last year because last year was its first season and it just didn't sell me on it. But this year, everyone and their mm-hmm. dog is watching it. <laughs> Both of our parents, who don't really follow pop culture, know about this and have heard from their pals to watch it. To watch it. Everybody is talking about it. So I said to you, let's see what this is about. Initially, I wasn't going to do it because I thought it was on five days a week and we're terrible when it comes to stuff that's on every night. But it's not. It's only three. So we thought we'd give it a go and we are hooked. Fucking love it. Oh, it's fantastic. Absolutely hooked. So the premise is there's 22 contestants arrive at a castle in the Scottish Highlands with hopes of winning a share of potentially £120,000. So the players are referred to as the faithful, but among them are the traitors a group of contestants selected by the host, Claudia Winkleman, and their goal is to eliminate the faithfuls and claim the money for themselves. Oh, fantastic. Can you please talk to me a wee bit about the format of the show? Because it seems to run the same sort of every night now. During the day, they have a challenge that they all take part in to earn money for the prize pot. So they're all working together to earn the money that somebody or some people are going to take home at the end. While they're doing this, they're all watching each other to see if they can figure out who is the traitor amongst amongst them. Who are the traitors? Traitors. Multiple. They don't they don't know how many traitors there are, but they're trying to look at their fellow contestants and think, Are you behaving differently? Are you a traitor? Are you a traitor? And during these challenges they have chances to win it used to be shields plural, mm-hmm. but now it seems to just be a shield because mm-hmm. we're getting down to a smaller number which protects them from murder. Then at night time, they all come together and they sit round the round table and they go at each other. And they say, I think that you're a traitor because you're doing this. And then that person retaliates. 
It's very drama, which you oh. said you weren't going to look forward to, but now you fucking love it. Yeah, I don't normally like it, but I don't... A lot of the time, it's not mean. It's just they are trying to figure out who's the traitor. It's not personal. It's not personal. It's just the game. So that's why I don't mind it, mm. because in other formats like this, it can be personal, but this doesn't tend to be. It's like you looked at me a certain way, so you're a traitor. Try and convince me otherwise. <laughs> or it'll be, you said this, which was a bit odd... Why did you say that? Can you convince me? You're having secret meetings with this person and that person. That seems yeah. quite shady. So during the round table, they then all vote on who they think the traitor is. That person gets banished. And before they leave, they say whether they are a faithful or a traitor. After that, they all celebrate or commiserate, depending on if they've got it right or not. But then the thing is, the traitors... If they, they obviously know if the person's yeah. a traitor or not. They have to act like they don't know. Yeah. So they've got to constantly act like they're trying to find a traitor. Yeah. So it's, it's very well done. And sometimes the traitors stab each other in the back. Once that person's gone, they all go to bed. The traitors then come back to the castle separately, decide which one of the faithfuls are going to murder. They get murdered. Then they all come down to breakfast the next day and they all find out who got murdered during yeah, the Yeah, because somebody's missing, so they can figure out which person got murdered. Yes. When it comes down to the end, if it's all faithfuls that are left at the end, the money gets split equally. But if there is a traitor amongst them, the traitor takes all the money for themselves. Whoa. And currently, I think the prize pot's something like 57 grand, 60 grand. I think it's over 60, 60. now. Well, there's eight people left, so it's getting down to the nitty gritty. But before we get there, mm-hmm. how do you think Claudia is doing as a host? She is fantastic. She doesn't overshadow them. Because she's so funny, so she could easily carry the show herself. And but... all the attention could be on her, yeah. but it's not. Yeah, she does it so well. Great choice of getting Claudia to host. She plays it really well. The next thing I want to discuss with you is where the castle is. Yeah. So you're from Inverness. I am, and it's only... oh, It's not far up the road from Inverness. It's Ardross Castle. Which is private land. I don't think you... Your dad said you couldn't drive there or go and see it. Yeah. Or you think you can maybe see it from certain viewpoints? Possibly, but a lot of these private houses and castles and things are open to the public, but this is privately owned and privately Mm. managed, so it is not open to the public. You cannot go and view it. Who do we like? Who's our favourites? I've put here it's Harry and Ross. Harry is playing a fucking blinder of a game he is doing so well my only worry now is that he might be getting a bit too cocky like paul did i'm like just rein it in a bit harry Mm -hmm. stay humble yes you're doing a good job but pride comes before a fall and we saw that with so there was a traitor before harry that helped eliminate two traitors so he stabbed them in the back back. he got really cocky Mm -hmm. and thought he was the dog's bollocks he also got voted most popular by the group he did and that just inflated his ego massively so harry said he's playing it too much i need to get rid of him yeah harry actually turned on him turned everyone against paul at the round table and voted him out and i think harry's going to do the exact same thing that paul did yeah he's going to get too big for his britches because everybody was saying afterwards harry for prime minister blah 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 and he was like i'm untouchable now and i was like oh no harry that's what paul's (laughs) But, but then the issue is after he had done that Everyone's saying he's now solved the biggest traitor amongst us. Yeah. Why wasn't he murdered mm-hmm. that night? Mm-hmm. Which looks quite suspicious on his part. 
But we know, he's not revealed it yet, but we know that he had a shield in the mission, but he didn't mm-hmm. reveal to everybody that he had a shield in the mission. But then the dark horse that I wasn't expecting to root for is Ross. <laughs> and he turned it around for me completely when he winked at the camera. Yes. He broke the fourth wall when they were talking about how Diane felt like all their mums. Like, Which oh, was Diane his mum. So his mum was, was in the game and yeah. nobody knew. Yeah. And he was like, they were all saying Diane was like my mum and he said she was my mum first which in the flow of the conversation made sense but he just turned to the camera and gave it a little wink. little wink <laughs> and straight away I was like oh you've just come right up in my estimations that was brilliant their traitors have recruited him obviously they don't know that Diane is his mum and he asked can I ask why you murdered Diane and they said she was just getting a bit too good what did they say? Something like we so, needed to put her in her place. We need to put her in her place, and you see the fury inside him. And I'm like, oh, he's going to destroy the traitors from, from the, the inside. inside. <laughs> and he's going to take all the money for him and his mum. Oh, everybody loves Diane. <laughs> everybody is out for Ross to just destroy the traitors. Everybody and... loves Diane. Yeah, the Patty. The Patty. Who do we not like? I've put down Jasmine. Yeah, she's I'm just not a, a fan. bit loud. It's, it's too not in just your that face. She's. She's not playing it well either. She's not playing it well. She's not being a good faithful. She is playing it like she's a traitor. So I don't think she'll be around for much longer. There's also someone that you don't like who I quite like, which is Zach. Zach, again, he's very, he's playing it like he's a traitor, even though he's a faithful. No, see, I think he's playing it like a faithful. He's so determined to find out who the traitors are that some of the things he says can come across quite dickish. And therefore, people just think he's a shady guy. Maybe it's because he works in politics. I don't like Oh, him. well, there you go. That's just an automatic <laughs> dismissal, isn't it? Now, what do you think is going to happen next? Ross is going to try and destroy the traitors from the inside. But he's going to have to be careful. I also don't understand how Harry's going to play this shield. Well, I suppose... Cause he said he... he was going to let them know in the morning yeah. when they see him that he's not murdered. And say, this is why I didn't get murdered. I don't understand why he didn't let it be known earlier. And then he kind of made it sound like he was going to say that they tried to murder him, but he had the shield. But then Molly saw that he had the shield, so she would mm-hmm. know. But he was oh, saying no, it. but even, yeah, never mind. That that still works, doesn't it? Yeah. I was going to say, she would say like, oh, I knew that they didn't because she had the shield. But no, that still works. Oh. It's getting a bit complicated for me now. <laughs> it's great, though. We're, it's, look, we're hooked. I we're think absolutely hooked. We think Jazz and Jasmine are out next. That's our call. Yeah, Jazz has been kind of circling the drain. He's a bit like Paul, circling the drain for a while. He's going to go down He's just eventually. a bit all over the place it's with, a his, shame a, with because, his accusations. Yeah, but it's a shame because he is the person that's figured it out the most. But some, for some reason, when it comes to the round table, he seems to vote weird and... Because he had he had Paul pegged for him for a long time back, mm-hmm. and he's got Harry realised now, but he he's oh. the only one that suspects Harry. Yeah, but it's just yeah not played that. Well. We're buzzing for it though. It's oh. not on for another four or five days, but we're we're buzzing for it. I know, can't wait. Right, that's our tally portion finished with. Now yeah. we're on to gaming, which I think again you're a bit late for. I was reading my book for book club. So started was it a game on your iPad? What yeah. was it? It's like Candy <laughs> yeah, I, Crush. Well, no, I feel it? like such a mum playing on my iPad, but I do quite like it. It's very low 
low stakes gaming because I, I pick games up and I'll play them for ages and I'll put them down and then not come mm-hmm. back to them for like a year. Two that I'm playing at the minute are SimCity and Disney Kingdoms. Very, you, there's a, clearly a theme to the games that I like. Cozy gamer. The last time I think I played them was last, what, September 2022 when I was in New York because I was away from you. I had only taken my iPad with me and with like the jet lag and stuff if I was up in the middle of the night and you were sleeping I would just play them on my iPad mm-hmm. and now I'm back playing them again because I can just when I'm reading I can just flick and then play them a little bit but the only thing is that I think they're teaching me patience because you can obviously do microtransactions to speed the game up but that seems to be a theme for every game that's come out and has been out for the last five years or so yeah it pisses me off the microtransactions are too much and I'm not taking part in it so I have to just play no. it slowly so I think it's it's doing a good job of teaching me patience. I want to discuss more microtransactions about games maybe in the next episode. Yeah. Do a bigger, bit of a deep dive into that one. Yeah. I'm still playing Star Wars The Jedi Fallen Order, which is about a Jedi trying to rebuild the Jedi Order after they've been destroyed by the Empire. So I've finished the story mode this week, yep. which is good. I feel bad because I haven't really been paying that much attention to it. It's funny because you don't really pay attention to the I think narrative. I will from now on. I think I will pay attention to the cutscenes in games from now on because we're doing this podcast. And it's easier to talk about the game if I understand a bit more about what's going on, yeah. the characters and everything. However, there was one thing I will admit that I've never done in a game before, which is during the final <laughs> boss battles, I reduced yeah. the difficulty to easy mode because yeah. I just couldn't do it. I've never seen you get so frustrated at a game. I don't know if that's just me getting old. And my reaction time's just not quick <laughs> enough to do it anymore. But both the, the last Jedi fights that I had to win, I couldn't do it. Yeah. It's just a lot of button mashing, which ended up hurting my fingers. I said that to you. I was like, wow, you were really going like going for it. I'm just on the collectibles now. So I'm just visiting planet by planet, get, yeah, getting my back. getting my stuff. Yeah. Getting all my different ponchos for the main Jedi. Yeah. Which is, you know, the, what do they call it? Customization is not that great. It's not, no. But... For some reason, I just like to do all the collectibles. It yeah. makes me feel like I've completed the game properly. Mm-hmm. The main things that I'm enjoying now is now that I've completed the game is I've gotten some of the perks. I've now got my purple lightsaber. Yeah. That I was buzzing. That I was really looking forward to after last week's pod. I said that's yeah. what I'm looking forward to getting. It's a I shame that it. it came so late in the game for you. I know, but now I feel like Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Can you remember his <laughs> yeah. character name? What was his name? Oh, no, I don't remember his name. I don't remember names. No. You know that. Mace Windu. Oh, I was never going to get yeah, that in a million cool years. Name. And I also have the abilities to push people off cliffs. That's so, pretty cool to watch. So instead of like engaging in fight scenes, I can just press R2 and just push them off a cliff. Yeah. Which I love. Easy way to kill people. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like the, the gaming's been a bit light this week. Maybe because mm-hmm. we've been busy and we've gotten really into the traitors. We've got really into the traitors and I was finishing my book club book as well. Right. Now we have the credits so it's what's coming up next week mm-hmm. one of the films we're going to watch next week is a film that you've purchased on amazon called in her shoes yes which i've not seen yes which you've said is a solid say drama comedy from that era yeah it's probably mainly a drama but it's got some comedy elements in it and this came from we're watching murders only murders in the building season two and shirley mclean appeared Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, there's a really good film with her in it. So that's where that's come from. So yeah, that well, that branched off to another 
Yeah, thing sorry. <laughs> last year we did watch Only Murderers in the Building season one. So mm-hmm. we've resumed season two to finish off the series. There's so a third season as well. There is. So we will be discussing Only Murderers in the Building next week. Yes. Another film that we might discuss is one that I'm watching. I don't know if I'll finish it. I might wait till the following week. As long. Is Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. It's like three and a half hours. So I'll see how see how I get on with it. I might wait until the following week to mm-hmm. get on with that. We also have the cinema. We don't know yet. We might wait till the end of this month to watch Priscilla in the cinema. That's still our cinema film we're going for. Yeah, we could maybe do it. We're off on the last day, aren't we? The yeah. 31st. Maybe do it then. Yeah, we'll maybe do it then, actually, because yeah. I'm quite looking forward to that. Yeah. Since I finished John Lennon, his murder documentary, I'm going to start watching Echo on Disney+, Plus, which oh, is yeah. the latest Marvel TV show, mm-hmm. which is about a deaf girl who's yeah. an amputee who kicks butt. Yeah. So looking forward to going over that. We have Scrub Season 4, mm-hmm. which, yeah, I think we already, we already spoke about our predictions for that. Yeah. We have The Traitors. Yes. that. <laughs> Getting towards the final. Ant and Dex, Limitless Win. We have more Martin Lewis. We might combine Martin Lewis episodes into two or three episodes at a time because there's not that much to talk about. No. We have Gladiators, yep. which again, we might combine. We still have to catch up on the Michael Bosley health show yeah. to find out about the viral health hacks, which I'm looking forward to. The new shows, which are just one-offs, are Billion Pound Cruise. Yeah. On Channel 4. That'd be interesting. And Britain's Crumbling Schools on BBC yeah. One. Because Britain is going to shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I think games, I think I'm just going to finish off The Jedi Fallen Order. I might have one or two more weeks on that, depending on how much time I get to play it. And then you might pick up Disney Dreamlight Valley and I might, Hogwarts. I, I, yeah, I want to get back to Hogwarts. But next week, looking at the calendar, it's looking to be a bit full. So we'll see. I would like to get back into Hogwarts Legacy a bit, though. Okay. Right, guys, we're wrapping it up now. So if there's any films or shows or games that you guys are watching or you would like to request for us to watch, please email them in at weeklyscreeningpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's weeklyscreeningpodcast at gmail.com. That's a wrap, guys. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>